Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minisode 37 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast given a second chance to films that might not deserve them. As ever, I'm Mitch Bain. I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I am Andy Stewart. <laughs> Butcher out of intros. <laughs> How are you, man? I am okay, thanks. How are you? Uh, yeah, not bad at all. Um, how's your week been? It's been okay. It's been very busy. It's been interesting. Uh, what about you? How's your weekend been? Yeah, it's been good. Action-packed. Yeah, yeah, as ever. As wonderful. Ever. Wonderful. Yeah. That's good to hear. However, have made time to watch some things, have you? I have watched a couple of things, okay. yes, believe it or not. Uh, I kicked off checking out Colin Minahan's What Keeps You Alive. Ah, now I feel a bit bad about this one because I've now successfully missed it at two festivals that I've been at. Ah, um, you've done a Tigers Are Not Afraid on this one. Yes, yeah, um, but it's on Netflix now, isn't it? It is indeed, yes, Mitch. Well done for <clears throat> keeping your thumb on the pulse. Um, so... Uh, Actually, Col- you shouldn't use your thumb. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Colin Minahan previously did Stains of Sands Red. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah which I did like. Yes. Um, while I would say uh, I miss Tigers Are Not Afraid all over festival circuits until I finally caught up with it, um, in terms of quality, I wouldn't necessarily put What Keeps You Alive and Tigers Are Not Afraid side by side. Okay. I didn't think it was bad. What's it actually about? It's about a woman called Jules and her wife Jackie. Okay. Uh, and they go to this remote house in the middle of nowhere for a, a kind of getaway. And uh, things very quickly go south for them. Right. That's pretty much it without giving away too much. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I'm I sure do... you probably already know the machinations of the film and where it, how it shakes out. I see. Um, but what I can tell you, Mitch, and what I'm pleased to tell you, is it does turn into a little bit of a game of cat and mouse. Not a deadly game of cat and mouse. Very deadly, I would say. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um, did you like it, though? I, like I say, I thought it was okay. Uh, a lot of people were raving about it off the back of festivals, but I didn't really Okay. I didn't really think it was anything particularly special. Is serviceable, um, the word? Okay. Yeah. There's some cool stuff in there, but okay. um, nothing that would immediately jump out at me. No, I'm going to try and get caught up with it this week, though, because <gasps> I have Wi-Fi. Back in the 21st century, yeah. no more lurking around in cafes watching weird shit all day. How does it feel? It feels great. Uh, before we get on to how I spent my time with uh, my freshly restored internet, uh, you got anything else? I do, yeah. Um, no, this one's coming out this week, I think. Uh, at the time of listening, this should be released. Okay. Um, have you heard of Dave Made a Maze? I've wanted to see Dave Made a Maze for so long. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's getting an Arrow Video Blu-ray release right about now. Okay. Um, but it is also currently available on the Arrow Video uh, Amazon channel. Oh, cool, okay. So I checked out on there. I really liked this. I thought it was excellent. It's the story of a kind of struggling artist who, uh, out of frustration and boredom, builds a kind of cardboard fort in his living room. Okay. Um, but when he goes into it, it's enormous inside and he gets lost inside and he has to enlist the help of friends to come and help him out of it. Brilliant. Sounds great. No, like, uh, like I say, I've been fancying this one for a really long time. It is really good. Uh, it's really inventive, really clever. Everything that kind of goes on inside the, the kind of maze proper 
as uh, only the cardboard of cardboard creations and monsters and traps and stuff. It's really fucking good. It's really clever, and I had an absolute ball with it. And uh, it was a film that I'd kind of seen at the guys' feral video talking about, but I hadn't really, I didn't really know too much about it. And I'm yeah. so glad I checked it out. I That's thought it was cool. excellent. Dave made a maze. Cool. Get on it. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I definitely will. I definitely will. I'm really glad that's got a platform here now. Yeah. Um, one other thing, uh, not necessarily uh, viewing related, uh-huh. but particularly big uh, video game franchise popped back into the public eye this week. Oh, go on. Uh, Friday saw the release of the newly remade Resident Evil 2. Okay. Which I picked up and have been playing over the weekend. That's great. They've rebuilt it using the Resident Evil 7 engine, and it looks incredible. There's a lot of familiarity there for people who played the games back 21 years ago, I think, when Mm. it first came out. Wild. Uh, I think people who have played the game in the past will find a lot of familiarity there, but it's been tweaked and changed in ways that are quite interesting, and it's really, really great. (laughs) Um, They've made it much grittier, and it's much scarier, Mm -hmm. and it's all the better for it. Nice! Uh, One thing I would say, uh, critically... Mm-hmm. is that so far I've played a bit of both Claire and Leon's stories. Uh, so far there doesn't seem to be a massive difference between them, so uh, we'll see how that shakes out right. before I, I judge too harshly. But that's my only real quibble so far. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really great. Yeah. Pick it up. Nice. I have a couple things. Okay. Uh, I returned to Sabrina, the Children's Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, Netflix, how are you getting on with that? You're chipping your way through um, that. Five episodes in. Right, okay. And uh, what I would say is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about these in as non-spoilery ways as possible. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. But I watched the first two episodes, and I think I think I moved back to back the first two episodes as I right. recall, and I really really liked it. Um, I was really into it. Um, the third episode again is not. I don't think it's spoilery to say that it's a trial. Sure. Yes. I correct. felt I like that, that episode was a little bit silly. Right. Didn't dislike it, but I was like, you know, that wasn't nearly as effective for me as the first two. Right. Um, I don't really remember that much about episode four, but I did watch it. Episode 5, uh, The Nightmares. Oh, right, okay. Uh, yeah. That really fucking tried my patience, kinda, to be honest. kind of sleep demon... Uh, yeah. Batty bat. Batty bat, yeah. I'm assuming that like uh, it's written in a way more gothic way than that, but I, once you hear batty bat, as in B-A-T-T-Y space B-A-T, you can't unhear it. Right, yeah. sure. But right. no, uh, so I... I We'll obviously see it through the end at this point. I'm halfway there. I may as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, n- I would say that the goodwill from the first two episodes has almost completely evaporated. So, oh, man. Okay. Um, right. I would say that it needs to, if it's going to kind of keep me engaged, I would say it needs to pull some kind of turnaround. In fairness, I did find that particular episode a little bit uh, vexing. Oh, did you? Yeah. I'm, gl- yeah. I'm kind of always glad to know that it's not me. It's not just me with these things. Yeah. Um... Also, um, got caught up with one. Uh, it's just been added to Netflix. Did the rounds of the festival circuit. I missed it at Fright Fest, so never turned down the opportunity to kind of okay. plug a hole in those things. Uh, caught up with He's Out There. Oh, right, okay. Uh, this week, which uh, is a kind of home invasion slashery thing, uh, which, like I say, I missed on the main screen in F- at Fright Fest this past August. But uh, this film, as I recall, did draw some ire from Boz of Little Boy of Horrors <laughs> and, of course, of episode 27 of this show. Yeah. Uh, Boz hated uh, He's Out There. Um, and in the episode of Little Boy of Horrors that I did, he was very vocal about that. I also did not like He's Out There. <laughs> right, okay. Um, uh, similar reasons to Boz? Um, it's a very, very shopworn home invasion slash Right, okay. Thing. Basically, um, a woman and her two children, uh, they head to this house... And uh, pretty much, it's 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 just a home invasion slash. Is it a deadly game of cat and mouse? It's a fucking deadly game of cat and mouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I would say is, like, I think that it's it, it just 
it just struck me as a little bit unimaginative. And I think that the stuff that it's trying to do that's fresh was quite daft. Right. <laughs> like, there, was like, there was a couple of things that were like, there were like set pieces that felt like they must have seemed like a good idea on paper that didn't really work in practice. Okay. And things like that. And yeah, I just, I found it kind of impenetrable. I think like, I just like fairly early on, I found it quite difficult to engage with. And I just, and I tried and I stuck with it. But um, no, I couldn't really get on board. Also, there's something about the way it looks that kind of makes you feel like you're watching a sepia tone flashback the entire time. Oh yeah, right. Okay, interesting. Um, which uh, again, I just, I, I just kind of struggled with. There was just, I just wasn't for me. Okay. No, that's um, that's absolutely fine, Mitch. That's fine, and well, I applaud you for sticking with it. Yeah, you can't like everything, you know. But if you want to catch up with these out there, it is available on Netflix in the UK now. Yep. Um, so I do have some others. And this time I actually did watch the Shockwaves 100. Um, and why was that, Mitch? Because well, I fucking made you. In the wake of last week's colossal failure, where I think under challenging circumstances I didn't watch a Shockwaves film, uh-huh. you once again took matters into your own, own hands, lured me to your home under the pretense of uh, just like wine <laughs> chat. And a strategy meeting about yeah, the podcast. Took we- you by your hand yeah, we- and walked you into shockwaves land. Yeah. Um, so when it came, in terms of planning and stuff like that, we got fuck all done. But like, uh, well, but- also worth mentioning, we were up till five in the morning drinking, uh, which begs the question: Who the fuck do we think we are? That was the question we were posing ourselves in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, we so we watched three. Yeah, three of them. I think that might be the most we've ever done in the one Shockwaves blast. I believe that that's true, yeah. Yep. Um, so first up, we had Fright Night. Yep, thoughts? Really liked it. Great. Really mm-hmm. liked it. A lot of fun. Yeah, I would say that, Um. Uh, obviously, recently, we've been talking about Fright Night a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, popped up a couple of times on uh, the show. Uh, yeah, I would say that I don't necessarily share the absolute rabid enthusiasm that some people do, but I uh-huh. did really enjoy it. Okay. Christine? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Stephen King monster car affair. Yep, John, uh, John Carpenter's Christine. John Carpenter's Christine, yeah. yes. Uh, I liked it. I would say I it wouldn't be anywhere near my top three Carpenter films or Stephen King adaptations. Okay. But it's a good film. I think that the most interesting one and the one that I found myself thinking about the most since uh, we did this would be Society. <laughs> Which is a weird one for me because I think that Society, obviously, kind of like the last, the kind of the third act of it is quite famous. Uh-huh. And it's kind of notorious. Yes. Um, I would say that um, the film takes quite a while to get where it's going. Yeah. But not in a way that threatens to lose you, but it's a slow burn, I think. I think it's a reasonably <laughs> that's, that's slow fair. burn. Okay. Um, how, and, and I wasn't kind of, I wasn't checking out of it or anything, but I also wasn't prepared for precisely how much in hyperdrive it goes um, <laughs> in the third act. The, thir- the third act of society, especially like the last 20 minutes or so, is absolutely phenomenal, I think. It's superb, and my love of society cannot be overstated. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's out there now. Everyone knows how much I love society. Uh, in fact, this where we record, I'm currently wearing a society t-shirt from uh, Cavity Colors. From Cavity Colors, yeah. if you don't know them, check them out. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, three from the Shockwaves, one hundred list. Well done, and I, and personally, on a on a personal note, mm-hmm. I am extremely glad that the one you liked the most was society. Was society. Yeah, yeah, I find it's... that very gratifying and validating of the shite that I like. Yes, it was <laughs> tremendous. I loved it. Um, so yeah, decent amount of viewing this week yeah yeah quite uh, a lot yeah i'll tell you what i also had a lot of feedback and once again a whole load of it um unsurprisingly the lion's share of the feedback this week uh centering on the lawnmower man Yes, and massive, massive thanks to Mr. Austin Oblowitz for coming on and doing that. I had an absolute blast recording that episode, and I think it shows in the episode. Yeah, I had a great time with that one too. Big thank you to him for coming on. Yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah, like I say, most of it's Lawnmower Man. You got anything older than that you want to jump back to? Got something on Collar Boss. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, Phil Escott's episode. Yeah, so the, the bold Darren Gaskill getting in touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've ended up watching it twice this weekend. Oh, the wow. kills are great and it has good ideas, but the padding takes the air out of it somewhat, and that second ending spoils what would have been a decent climax had the credits rolled when they should. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I agree. Think, like, yeah, I think we've we've, we've kind of covered that ground a little bit over the last couple of weeks. I think that like uh, the afterthought ending really does kind of knock the wind out of the sails a little bit. Um, I've got nothing on any particular films that aren't the Lawnmower Man. Okay. So if you have anything else to add about any other films I would no, do no, that now no, no. okay um, in that case um, a quick word um, on the minisode which obviously you've uh, taken to uh, giving kind of slightly unusual titles to now <laughs> yeah um, and uh, Michael Park be quiet Michael saw right through it when you uh, when you headed up the last one a dark oak laminate finish right because he just immediately um, as soon as that was announced before he'd listened to it he said uh, I haven't listened to it yet but I really hope that title is the description of the coffee table yeah this this lovely coffee table that uh, um, right yeah. here right now uh, yes it was as a matter of fact it was it was and a fine, a fine piece of hardware it is as well um, so one more man then I'll kick off then with Antonis Constantinou on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, great episode, guys, as always. Thank there you. is something clearly wrong with me that when Andy suggested that porn likely wasn't available as VR, alone in my car I shouted out, Coculus Rift! Very good, um, very good. Then HTC Valve. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, then, okay, I'm finished. <laughs> there it is. Um, on Instagram, uh, Kim, Wicked Sister 69 um, I've never had the pleasure of watching The Lawnmower Man. Hopefully she has now. Yeah. Um, but I've read the original short story, which is about a guy who works for Pan and eats the grass clippings that a self-running lawnmower spews out and then sacrifices people who can't handle it to his god. Correct. So, you know, only slightly different. Uh, incredibly different. And uh, the book's actually terrible, the short story. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Back to Twitter now. Uh, Hannah Ray. Uh, at Hanny underscore Ray. Yep. Rewatching The Lawnmower Man on Amazon Prime in preparation for this Friday's strong, violent PC episode. Ah, Pierce Brosnan sporting what I can only describe as a misguided attempt at a Beatles haircut. Yeah, a little bit of a different opinion on that one, Andy. You were saying that you think that he's never looks better on film than in The Lawnmower uh, Man. I would agree with that. I yeah. think he looks uh, absolutely smashing. I- incandescent. <laughs> I think it's the earring, it's that bad boy doctor image that he's trying to cultivate. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Dennis Extra Atherton at Dens Beans on Twitter um, was very much uh, in the corner of the Director's Cup for the One More Man. Sure, yeah. yeah uh, mm-hmm. Mentioned it a couple of times, but just said when we announced it, he said, this will be fun, watch the Director's Cut, everybody. It's a different film, much more towards our dark leanings. Um, but yeah, but as he said, that kind of like goes into considerable depth. And obviously we touched on that a little bit um, with Orson on the episode as well. Two and a half hours long. <laughs> Two and a half hours long. For the masochists among you. Yeah, wild uh, time. Sticking with, actually, the director's cut. Stevie, at Filmfan Stevie, got in touch oh, yeah? on Twitter, saying, at Strong Violent PC, popped into FOP earlier and spotted this DVD. Couldn't believe my eyes. It's the director's cut version, and also with a free copy of Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace as well. Um, and Stevie's posted a photo of the disc in question, which is actually the package that I have now. Uh-huh. But uh, funnier and kind of running alongside this, uh, Stevie actually had a reply to his comment, uh, <laughs> which uh, comes from a BK at Boris underscore daddy, uh, who says, wait a fucking minute, is it just me or can you see his actual ball sack on that DVD cover? And the truth of the matter is, yes, there yes. is what appears to be a large penis or ball bag image, while he appears to be penetrating her from a vertical position that is uh, that's 
Very accurate. That was a Mitch's Pitches style description. Very surgical. Um, uh, uh, Michael Park, Be Quiet Michael on Twitter, finally going to watch the film ahead of a strong, violent PC episode. Pretty much the first line in Lawnmower Man is, fucking screw the political assholes. He's the best chimp I've ever had. So count me in. Also asked, um, also asked why, given that he spends so long cutting the grass, is the grass always so long? In fairness, he does kind of shirk his lawn mowing ability, um, responsibilities as the film goes on. Well, hi. I mean, he's got bigger fish to fry. This is very true. Uh, lawn lawn mowing is the well. There is that moment where he's still kind of doing it with his using brain. his psychic powers, so he's he's still engaged in the job. Yeah, he's still keeping his hand in. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Lauren McIntyre oh, on yeah? Twitter, uh, watching the Lawnmower Man in preparation for Friday's strong, violent PC. First impression: would happily watch an entire film about Pierce Brosnan's favourite chimp. Like Doom, but with a chimp. Note, fake chimp noises, obviously courtesy of Escape from Monkey Island. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm really enjoying the chat about the chimp. I think I'm really glad that that, I'm really glad that that's, people have been running with that. Never forget. Never forget. We are all Roscoe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lauren also, moments later, uh, tweeted, uh, just in block capitals with loads of exclamation marks and warning signs, questionable scientific ethics alert, which is undeniable in The Lawnmower Man. And uh, Dan Gaskell with a nice callback getting in touch. Uh, the company involved in The Lawnmower Man probably evolved into the same one that left the liquid nitrogen bath open in Jason X. Oh. Yeah, for sure. Or the same company that would employ such lax security. And I'll be honest, around a computer that has that level of power that they would let you pour coffee on it, thereby rendering Chevy Chase invisible for an entire film. (laughs) And beyond. And beyond. Yeah, it can only be the same company. Uh, Last one here for me. Uh-huh. Uh This time, a bit of a, a bit of a stronger opinion coming through from uh, the Shakes oh, yeah? at the Shakes seventy two. I remember it as the most appalling cack I ever rented from the video shop. I agree that the Stephen King story it never got based on was <laughs> also a bag of dog poop too. Agreed. Uh, in fact, the only good thing about Lawnmower Man was this podcast episode. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> I'll take that. Yep, thank you very much. Um, also, the one more man, uh, Ricky Munga at Moongex, getting his touch on Twitter, simply just saying, yes, hope this is followed up by the infinitely worse Lawnmower Man 2. Well, uh, stay tuned, uh, because, the, as you may have heard if you've listened to the episode, we're quoting Olsen to come back on and do that very thing. Yeah, that's in the works. I'm kind of hoping that we'll be, able to, uh, we'll be able to get to that. You got anything else? No. I have a couple of pieces of general niceness. Um, which is just uh, Stevie, uh, film fan Stevie on Twitter, just saying I'm only 10 minutes into this week's Strong Violent PC and laughing like a loon in the cafe at Cars in Soho. A couple of people Fair. have been getting in touch saying that they enjoyed it, actually, which is always really nice. And uh, Caitlin Downs at Caitlin M. Downs on Twitter. Uh, my lunch break today is at four. I am not to be disturbed so I can listen to Strong Violent PC. Noted. But that is just about it. And I say that's just about it. Obviously, I've got a decent amount more. It is indeed Mitch's Pitches, Yay! and for those of you who are unfamiliar, Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment while we're recording, and it will send me a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He will remove the title, the tagline, and all identifying text. My job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability and give or pitch a new film based on the image giving it a title and a tagline. We will also post the image everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and so on, so you can get in touch and play along yourselves because we do love it when people do that. And they do. Go on then. And they do. So last week we had the video dead. We did, yes, indeed. Which uh-huh. I uh, reappropriated as Bloodcast News. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we had a whole load of people get in touch with really funny stuff. I'm going to shoot through some of those now. <laughs> 
Go on then. Uh, Hanny Ray, Han, uh, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter. Um, venturing into potentially litigious territory. Uh, Netflix and kill. A night in becomes a massacre when they forget to switch off the autoplay feature. It's a pretty good pitch, but I think that. Uh, yeah, apologies to our friend Kate Shenton. Kate Shenton, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah, that idea, that idea is uh, that ship sailed. Yes, indeed. Sheridan Knot at Nazi on Twitter. Beard strikes back from 2016, decades after inventing the television and sick of Fox News. John Logie Beard is kicking ass and taking souls. May contain scenes of mild distress. I like that he's clear every week now to include films that may include scenes of. Any distress, mild or otherwise. Yeah, content warnings are valuable. Um, (laughs) Dave Cooper at Deluxe underscore man going all in this week. Title, Tales from the Video Store. Tagline, let him entertain you. Synopsis, when Larry starts to watch his pirate copy of Tales from the Crypt, he notices something isn't quite right. Oh. Uh, So quite into that. We had Antonis Constantinou getting in touch on Facebook. I think spotting the TV and mistaking it for a microwave. (laughs) Which a couple of people did. Yes. Um, so it's oh, fucking amazing. So going with the microwave, sure. going on the assumption that it's a microwave that you're looking at. During his lunch break, a faulty canteen microwave causes low-level meat packer Ron Mince to become inexplicably fused <laughs> with his rustler's steak sandwich. Now possessed by the enraged souls of his meaty counterparts, Ron returns to the factory floor to avenge the deaths of his bovine brethren in the 1981 classic Flay <laughs> Tagline, slaughter for two and a half minutes at 900 watts, leave to bleed out for 30 seconds before finishing off. Good lord, that's a lot of effort. That is immersive. Uh, I'm just going to see. What was the main character's name? Ron Mince. (laughs) (laughs) When you said that, I thought I'd miss it. It's pretty fucking excellent, isn't it? Um, And... uh, Right, okay, carry on. One more, Facebook, Michael Park. After historical revisionism takes credit for the invention of television away from him, the beastly spirit of Scottish inventor John Logie Baird is summoned forth from the depths of hell. The demonic... (laughs) The demonic designer takes control of every TV and forces people to watch endless repeats of Dr. Finlay's casebook and the Beech Grove Garden, sparking an epidemic of suicides worldwide in 1998's That's Except for Viewers in Scotland. (laughs) A very on-brand comment from yeah, Michael. Uh, yeah, very brand activated. Uh, a lot of John Logie Baird action. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Is that us? Uh, I believe that that is the lot, yes. Wow, okay. Um, I, I'm sorry. Uh, it's got to be Antonis Constantinou for the sheer volume of effort that has gone into this. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm just going to bring that back up quickly. Actually, mo- just for Ron Mintz. So, yeah, giving him a pass on mistaking the TV for a microwave. Uh, Once again, uh, Tony's full suggestion was, during his lunch break, a faulty canteen microwave causes low-level meat packer Ron Mintz to become inexplicably fused with his Rustler's steak sandwich. Now possessed by the enraged souls of his meaty counterparts, Ron returns to the factory floor to avenge the deaths of his bovine brethren in the 1981 classic Flay Mignon. Slaughter for two and a half minutes at 900 watts, leave to bleed out for 30 seconds before finishing off. I like that it also includes alliteration and puns. Yeah, bovine brethren. Yeah, counterparts. Yep. Boz will be furious at that pun. Oh, yep. yeah. I can't yep. wait to hear Boz's take on that one. So. Well, a well deserved uh, victory for Antonis there, and unsurprisingly, you win nothing. Congratulations. Your prize will not be winning its way to you in the next few days. Yeah, because there isn't one. So. Well, right, right then. Time again. Yeah. There you go. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, this is this is mad. Uh, okay. So what we have here, I would say that the image is clearly divided into two parts. Yeah. On the top half, 
we have what I would say is a man. Right. Uh, he's wearing a hat that says conductor on it. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got long black hair and he's wearing a kind of like top half face mask, uh, which seems to have um, a large nose, either a moustache or like a large shadowy mouth <laughs> um, and big black guess who glasses. Right, okay. Um, he's also uh, wearing a bow tie and appears to be kind of wearing a tuxedo mm-hmm. and is uh, holding a dagger slash letter opener, <laughs> which, uh, which, which he is uh, plunging downwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a switchblade again, I think. Uh, no, it's a letter opener. Okay, um, okay. Underneath that, um, curiously, uh, we have a sign that has some uh, has some Greek symbols on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorority house type ones fraternity or sorority, sorority yep, ones. Yep, I'll yeah. go with that mm-hmm. um, and so there's three of them I don't know what they are I'm not good with that kind of thing the sign says happy anniversary there are a load of people standing outside a building and gathered around a fire right uh, I believe that that is everything I think so yeah would you say that the, the character has a Groucho Marx like appearance I actually was going to say that he had a Groucho yeah. Marx like appearance yeah I would agree with that sure yeah, yeah. yeah. so fire so, away as ever I will need a moment yeah I always want to put the Jeopardy theme in here while you're thinking. I was going to actually write some music. Oh, right, just, just incidental. Like a, just a 20-second interlude. In- incidental plinky-plonky stuff. Yeah. Right. Kids, <laughs> there's quite a lot of stuff to parse here. Oh, right. Okay. But I think I'm going to try. Right, okay. Are you, so you're, you're feeling like you're nearly there? I think, I think yeah, I'm going to try this. Oh, right, okay. You know, over the last couple of weeks, I've kind of started doing this thing where kind of one leads into the other. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing that. Okay, fire on then. So, here we go. On the eve of the 100th anniversary of Fraternity Kappa Beta Tau, celebrations are put on hold when students of Franklin University are murdered one by one in the frat house by a letter-opener-wielding lunatic in a train conductor's uniform. Who is behind <laughs> the killings? What are their motives? Does this have anything to do with a freak accident during a hazing ritual that caused a catastrophic train derailment exactly one year ago? Find out in 1988's One Way Ticket to Hell. Oh, right, okay, well, you're, you're kind of close with a lot of that. No way, no. Uh, well, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. Come on. Yeah. So, what year did you say? 88. Well, it's 1980. Okay. And uh, the film, of course, is Roger Spottiswood's Terror Train. Terror Train, okay. Yeah. Not to star- be confused with Night Train to Terror. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, starring, uh, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis and the ever-creepy David Copperfield. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. I see. And what's that about? A college fraternity prank goes wrong and a student ends up in the mental asylum. Three years later, it's graduation time and the members of the fraternity decide to have a costume party aboard a train trip to celebrate their graduation. Unknowingly to them, a killer has slipped aboard, killing them off one by one, disguised in the costumes of the victims. That is among the closer attempts that I've had, I think. I think so. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I'm quite pleased with that. Yeah, well done. Well played. Thanks a lot. That was One Way Ticket to Hell, and that concludes Mitch's Bitches for another week. We will, of course, that image is everywhere now. Yes, and of course we want to hear your thoughts, your pitches, because they're fucking great and we love them. They are bloody amazing yes uh, yes um, so uh, yeah get those in through all the usual channels which we'll recap shortly however um, unless there's any other business I think all we've got to do is turn our attentions to this week's show I would say that's absolutely true so episode 38 comes your way this Friday yes and we do have a guest again. Uh, she is uh, a filmmaker and a director of such films as The Herd. Yes. We are being joined this week by Melanie Light. Yes, indeed, my good pal Mel Light. And of course, the film that she's picking is so dear to my heart. Okay. As stomach churning how dear it is to my heart. And stomach churning in many other ways. I can say in I general. Say. Um, we're going back to 1987. Uh-huh. And it's Jim Muro's Street Trash. Street Trash. Incoming. Yeah, now, silence, please. 
for Street Trash. <laughs> and uh, that one's available on Shudder in the UK. It is indeed, yeah. And uh, uh-huh. if you don't have Shudder, you can rent it from the usual places as well. Yep. And I would recommend getting that watched before the show. <laughs> yeah, content warning though, uh, not fully easily offended. Uh, definitely not, yeah. Uh, but no, try and get that watched. And uh, yeah, Mel Light joins us this Friday, 8am GMT, to talk Street Trash. Yes. So we're just about done for another one, but there's loads of ways you can get in touch with us. Facebook and Instagram at Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, and you can, of course, email stronglanguagevioluntscenes at gmail.com. Yep, and as you know by now, there's a million billion places you can listen. Um, among them, Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes, mm-hmm. Stitcher, yeah. TuneIn, mm-hmm. Acast, mm-hmm. heavy hitters like that. And then, of course, the lovely, lovely bastards at Podbean. Thanks a lot, Podbean. They are, of course, our hosts and our home. Yes. So that's just about it for another one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, another one down. We're uh, bashing our way towards February. Indeed, yeah. And indeed towards our year anniversary, Mitch, in, which is in April. Yeah, we're going to have to have a think about what we're going to do about that. Yeah. Quick update, though. Mm-hmm. Um, some information coming your way very soon about the Listener's Choice episode. Yep, that is uh, that is at an advanced stage of planning, I yep, would say. Yep, firming up as we speak. Yeah, uh-huh, I'm working on that. And uh, of course, don't forget, like I say, we're still looking for a little bit of feedback on where we might go for live shows and things like that in 2019. Yep, and we may have some information on that pretty soon. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, actually, we've had a really busy week with uh, with getting stuff, uh, getting stuff off the ground. Yeah, and here's you taking the piss saying, oh, we didn't get much planning done. Yeah, we've actually done loads. We've got loads of planning done. Yeah, I take it back. I take it back. We're great. Information coming on a live show very, very soon. Sure is. In the meantime, though, join us on Friday if you can. And don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 